Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. So, I don't know about you guys, but when I see other people getting results, I want to know what are they doing differently, right? We've said this before, similarity creates comfort, but it's your difference that creates your reward. And, you know, there's times where you might be going to the same places they're going. You might even be uh, doing what looks like the same thing that they're doing and hanging around the same people. But for some reason, they're getting better results than you. So one of the things I ask is, you know, what's your technique, you know? Um, but better yet, I want to know what's the truth. And that's, a lot of people don't want to know the truth. They don't want to know what they're doing behind the scenes that you're not seeing. And they don't want to know the reality of where you're at and what you got to let go of sometimes and what you need to cut out of your life and what you need to prune and not just you, but what God needs to prune in your life. And even when it comes to the good stuff, right? We think of, yeah, I'll get rid of all the bad stuff. But what if he asked you to get, get rid of something good? to lay down something good so that you could grow more, so that you could produce more, uh, so that you could become more who God is calling you to be. Well, I want to know the truth, and so do all of us, and we know who the truth is, and we know the truth will set us free. And Jesus speaking in John eight thirty one to 32, he said to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my, and this is in your blank, blank if you're following along online, teachings. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So in context, Jesus said that we are slaves to sin until we believe in Jesus and follow him and we are set free. So yes, we need the truth and yes, we need the teaching. You with me? Still tracking? Okay, so let's see what the truth Jesus has to say about our technique when it comes to producing. So first off, I thought I'd give you context to the gospel of John according, uh, the gospel according to John. Now, again, this is just a snapshot, okay? But I think it's good for some of us to recap, and for some of us that we might not even know, instead of just jumping into the chapter 15, let's get a little bit of context. You ready? You with me? You can take notes. I left this in your notes blank. So whatever you take out of this that I'm saying or that God puts on your heart. But uh, the gospel according to John, it is one of the earliest accounts of Jesus's life and was written by one of the closest followers who loved him. And I love that in the, it says there several times um, who Jesus loved the most. And it's kind of interesting because John is also the author writing that down. <laughs> but when you know that you are loved, come on, man, you should know that you are loved. You should just be able to put your hand on your heart and say, I am his favorite. Come on, try it. I am his favorite. I am loved. You act differently. You respond differently. You move differently when you know you are loved. Because why? You're going to act in confidence. You're going to move in confidence. You're going to move in trusting in him because you know he's got you. You know that he is the Alpha and the Omega. You know that he is Jehovah Jireh. You know he is your provider. You know that you are loved. So even when things aren't seeming to work out for you, you know that all things will work together for good for you because you love the Lord and you are loved. He's got you. You with me? So we got it. Just like John, we got to know that we are loved. That's not in my notes, but you got to write that down. I am loved. If you just walk away with one thing, if you could just grab the concept of I am loved and not just loved, loved by God, God of the universe who gave his one and only son. That's how loved you are. 
that he would sacrifice for you, for all the messed up things that you've ever done and will ever do so that you could be set free. That's how loved you are. You are loved. So the book embodies uh, his eyewitness testimony, John's eyewitness testimony. The purpose of the book is clear that John writes that we may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, okay? And by believing, you may have life in his name. Life in his name. Not life in your name, life in his name. Again, the name above every other name, right? John believes that Jesus, uh, that the Jesus we read about in this book is alive and real and can change our lives forever. Jesus is God in the flesh and the reality in which the is Israel's entire history points to. All of Israel's history points to Jesus. And he proves this through the book of John. We read by performing miracles, signs, and wonders, and, and, and huge claims about himself that creates controversy among the Jewish leaders. And Jesus ends up laying down his life for his friend, Lazarus. You'll read that in the, in the book of John. He lays down his life for his friend Lazarus by going near Jerusalem and raising Lazarus from the dead. By doing so, Jesus seals his fate and the plot to kill Jesus is in motion. How many of you thought of that story that way? But it was when he came close to that place. He, know if, he knew if I, can, I, if I come and I do this, this is setting it all in motion. Because people started to come to see this John, uh, not to just see, uh, sorry, not John, to see Lazarus that was raised from the dead. Jesus is eating with him, fellowship with him, spending time with him, and more and more believers were coming and see. They didn't even want to just kill Jesus. They wanted to kill Lazarus. But because he was coming to Jerusalem, where all the religious leaders would gather and the, and the people that stood against him, this would seal his faith. In chapters 13 to 17, focus on Jesus' last night and final words to his disciples. At the dinner table, he takes on the role of the common servant by kneeling down and washing the disciples' dirty feet. You got to understand that in their culture, a superior rabbi would never do this to his disciples or for his disciples. Culturally, this, this would not happen. And Jesus is in the business of breaking barriers, even cultural and religious. He does this as a symbol of his entire life purpose. The true nature of God. Being of self-giving love. A symbol of what Jesus was even about to do by giving up his life and dying for our sins. This is a great command that we love one another as he loved them. Jesus tells us that, that he will go away, but he will send the Spirit. This is all in John leading up to this. Jesus could only be at one place at one time, but the Spirit is Jesus' divine personal presence in, in, in every place and at any time. Jesus says that the Spirit living in us will draw us into the love between him and the Father. The way the branches, that's what we're going to talk about. The way the branches are connected to the vine, the personal love of God can spread through a personal life, through healing, transformation, making them new. It says that the Spirit will empower us 
as Jesus' followers to carry on his mission in the world. So a couple of points for you if you're taking notes or in your blanks is, one, to love others through the radical acts of service. This is what we learn through the gospel according to John, to love others through the radical acts of service. Two, to bear witness. It is for us to bear witness to this truth and to expose the self, the selfish, sinful ways that we as human treat each other. That's how love overcomes a multitude of sins. It exposes those things that are limiting us. And three, to declare that Jesus, Jesus, the Lord of the universe, saved the world because he loves us. That God the Father used his son to save us. Jesus then tells us, just as he was rejected, so his followers will also be persecuted. This is all in John. But not to be afraid. Why? Because he has overcome. He has overcome. And he has conquered and gained victory over the world. So the love side, 1 Corinthians 13. Because I just feel that sometimes the enemy wants to just slide in there and give us a false definition of love. Okay, so if we look on the practical and the application side of love, love is patient, love is kind, love keeps no record of wrong, love endures all things, love hopes for the best. These, these are, we have to go to what God's word says on the application. Love is not a feeling. Yes, there's different definitions, but the definition, an agape love. Okay, God's love is unconditional love, which is, echoes exactly what you're saying, Rick. And we need to let those that have ears hear because we think, again, the nature of the flesh is I gave, so I got a deposit. So therefore, I am justified to withdraw. That is not right. That's the world's way to love. And although there's some truth in that, we still need to make deposits. And if we're doing it the Jesus style, then we will be servants and we will love our brothers. We will lay down our life for our brothers. There'll be tons of deposits there, but it's not just the technique, it's the truth. You need both. You need truth and technique. You with me? You need, to, you need the method, but you better have the Messiah. Right? You got, it, got, it comes back. To Jesus. It's the Jesus style. It's the Jesus way. That is so good. So this is the word uh, um, that I, I was taught on this a long time ago. I shared this with Pastor Rudy, and I'd like us to start putting it into practice. If we start using just a simple language, it's actually a question, because question shape focus and motive. How can I help? If we can just put that on our lips and start using that at home in here at the church, if you come across another one of your brothers, sisters, doesn't matter. The first thing, the, the words that come out of your mouth, if they could be, how can I help? How can I help you? That is love. That is being a servant. That is laying down your, your plans, your purposes, your agenda for loving others. Are you with me? Let's just start putting it into practice because I'm telling you, if anyone's ever come to you and said, how can I help? It's out of the ordinary. And most of us aren't prepared to answer that. But we are all leaders in the house of the Lord and we all have influence because anyone that has influence is a leader. And so if we get in the language of using that language, we'll also get in becoming better visionaries in equipping the saints for the work of the ministry and having in mind the way that people can help you and work with you. You with me? I just realized I got six minutes to jump through this. So look out, world. We might go five minutes over. You ready? So... 
Verses one to two, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So who does the pruning? It's right there, God the Father. In the Greek, uh, for prune also means he cleans. If you look in your Bibles, there's a little A there and you, you go down to the bottom of it. That's what the A is for. So the Greek is cleans. He wants, we want to be cleansed from all righteousness, do we not? In First uh, John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from some righteousness, uh, or unrighteousness, sorry, all unrighteousness, all unrighteousness. So the first point in your blanks is, there's going to be three R's, repent, repent, and I'm not, I'm not a soapbox preacher, just so you know, coming down on you. I don't do that. I'm lifting you up. Before we get cut, we need to confess, <laughs> right? Because there's a cutting and then there's a pruning. The father does both. He cuts off any branch that does not bear fruit. And the branches, all these branches in the house that are all connected to the vine, all you men are producing fruit. So he's pruning you, like Darren said, with the good branches. In our neighborhood, there's this little like vineyard in the middle with these vines that, that grow. And when it starts, there's nothing there. And I've watched them grow these beautiful branches with all these grapes and the grapes are coming out and they're like this high. But at the end of the year, like Darren said, they will chop it right down to a little stump. But a lot of us don't understand why they do that. When I moved from Alberta, I thought that was committing murder. You just killed that beautiful, beautiful branches and fruit, all that fruit, what it did for you, what did you do for it? You cut it right down to nothing. But no, the gardener, and we have a gardener in our neighborhood, knows what he's doing, just like God the Father knows what he's doing in your life. And you think you're left to nothing but a stump, but he's like, oh no, you got all the root, and it's the root that produces the fruit. I'm just making room for all the fruit you got coming. You thought you had a good year last year? Look out for this year. Because I'm just pruning. Chuk, 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 chuk. I'm not cutting you off. You feel like you've been cut off, but you got all that root. You're grounded and your roots go deep. See, my roots go deep. Praise God. So we know that he's doing the cutting and none of us want to be cut. The way to avoid being cut from the vine is, vine being Jesus, is to produce fruit. So my purpose is to produce fruit. What kind of fruit? Jesus fruit. So we know that if Jesus is the vine, then the fruit need to, needs to be Jesus fruit, right? It's not rocket science. In Matthew 28, 19 to 20, the Great Commission, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And there's the teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Thank you, Rick. Commanded you, and surely I'm with you always. To the very end of age, you'll, you'll keep getting pruned, you'll keep having fruit. Producing Jesus fruit, producing disciples. And then verse three says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. What? Point number two, renew. First is repent, two is renew. Renew by the what? The washing of the word. The washing of the word. We are clean by the word of God. If we are not committed, we get caught up in the things of this world and we miss his word. Still with me? We are constantly pulled in the methods of, of, of serving money instead of serving our maker. That will always be the tension, man, that we will face in this world. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. 
Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, we can't serve both God and money. We will love one, hate the other, be devoted to one and not the other. If we are not reminded and find the true rhythm of renewal, come on, the true rhythm of renewal, we will conform to the patterns of this world. This is where uh, the proper technique is important to align with the truth to be set free. The only way to the Father is through the Son. And Jesus is the truth and the life. John 14, verse 6. In your notes. You still with me? Okay. So A, we've talked about this. How we talk. Speak the word. Speak the word. We need to speak the word of God over not just our life, but over our wife, our children, our homes, and our church. We need to spend time reading out loud the scriptures and not let it depart from our lips, Joshua 1.8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything, everything written in it. Then you will prosper and be successful, Joshua 1.8. Here's another great teaching on technique, Ephesians 5.25 to 27 says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. The washing of the word. Because of Jesus, the word we are made clean. Jesus' disciples were already attached to him. They were already living out his word. It was living in the truth that set them free of sin. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Man, that's so good. Aubrey mentioned that. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and, someone say and, The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us of all sin. So we talked about how we talk. B is how we walk. How we walk. Walking proper is also a technique. We have fellowship with one another. That is why we gather. That is why we read the word. That is why we pray. That is why we serve one another. It is his blood that is our bond. His blood, oh, that should be a patch on my vest when I ride. His blood is my bond is our bond. That's what it should say. His blood, our bond. His blood, our bond. That cleanses us of all sin. Verse four, remain in me. Thank you, James, for sharing that last week. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus over everything. Point three, Remain and reproduce. Remain and reproduce. We all want to produce. We want wealth. We want success. But our purpose must be to the person that is Jesus. God wants to bless us with the desires of our heart. But our ultimate desire is not to love the things of this world, but to love and remain in him. 1 John 2, 15 to 18. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, check it out, man. 
This just whoop came back again to me today. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from our world, the world. Not our world, the world. The world and its desires, they all pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. God has and will continue to bless us beyond our barriers. He loves us. You are loved. Remember, I am loved. I am his child. He's going to bless you. Blessing us beyond all barriers. Let us remember to keep the main thing, the main thing, and remain in him. From apart from him, we can do, come on, apart from him, we can do. Our takeaway is if you want results, you need to repent, renew, and remain. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word today. And even though, Lord, the teaching came out fast, thank you that we could digest and continue to digest your word, your truth, your love. Lord, help us now. Thank you in advance now for opportunities to love, to keep no record of wrong, to endure all things and always hope for the best and most importantly, remain in you, to declare your word, to read your word and declare it over this church, over this house, over our homes and over our community and to walk in the light. Bless these men in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.